0: you're listening to the writing wall podcast and i'm your host stacy hawks every second and fourth saturday of the month i will be here at 6 p.m eastern standard time on anchor spotify apple podcast google podcast and many other platforms This podcast is designed for indie authors to have a platform to share their books, their poetry, and their stories. We also feature well-known and traditional writers that are from my home state of North Carolina, while also featuring local writers from my backyard right here in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of Allegheny County. You can connect with us on Twitter at The Writing Wall or on Instagram at writingsonthewall85. And grab our links there to our website so that you can keep up with what's happening with our monthly newsletter. Newsletters go out the first of every month, and you can also sign up to follow us on the Wix app. Because everyone has a story, we want to hear yours. What is your story? Welcome to Writing Corner Wednesday, Writing Community. I'm your host, Stacey Hawks, and I'm here with our Writer of the Week this week, author and poet, Maureen Charbandi. Maureen has been published in multiple journals, including the Oak Island Review, Prelude, European Judaism, and many more. She has several poetry books out. Her latest one is Dancing with Dolly. Moreover, it's her debut novel, Lucky Brilliant, that we'll be talking about this evening. It came out in September 2020, and according to one reviewer, Lucky Brilliant, by maureen Sherbundy perfectly captures teen anger confusion and alienation in a fast-paced story of loss and longing maureen also teaches at alamance community college and lives in durham north carolina right here in my home state thank you so much maureen for being our writer of the week this week and for participating on the writing corner wednesday podcast thanks for having me so
1: please share with listeners maureen a
0: little about yourself
1: well i didn't begin in north carolina i actually started in new jersey it's okay to be from there as long as you escape (laughs) So, so i lived there for the first 21 years of my life i went to rutgers university i actually studied psychology undergraduate and then i worked for worked in new york city for a little while as a benefits analyst and decided that wasn't for me. I then moved to Southern California for four years and then Nazareth, Pennsylvania for six years. And I've now been in North Carolina for I think 25 years.
0: So share with listeners a little bit about your writing and Lucky Brilliant. I understand this is your first novel, correct?
1: That's correct. I actually had a short story collection published many years ago, but Lucky Brilliant is indeed my first novel. It's a young adult novel, but I think it's kind of a crossover because there are adult themes in this. And Lucky Brilliant, in a nutshell, is about um, a 15-year-old girl whose father goes missing, and it's revealed early on, so it's not in the way here, that he's actually deceased, and he's actually been murdered for his winning New Jersey lottery ticket. The ticket was then lifted, and what happens pretty early on in the book is Lucky has to learn to navigate her life through some terrible things, mainly her mother is depressed, she starts drinking a lot of wine, and Lucky is kind of neglected, and she's also trying to come to terms with her father's death. So that's sort of the premise of the book. And there are other characters, of course. She has a best friend named Avon Mangelli, who she goes to for friendship, for help, and so on. They also feed her. They're a big Italian family. And various things happen in the book. You'll have to read it to find out how it ends. What inspired you to write this story? Well, I I think it's interesting to see what happens to a teenage girl who is not in the best household, who has a lot of challenges. I think it's important to reflect what's going on in some teenagers' real lives today. So... She was the main character that came to mind. It, it took a while to write because actually, it started out as an adult novel written in four different points of view. And then I realized that Lucky was the real main character and I changed the point of view to first person from Lucky's point of view. So it was it was a real process and an education.
0: <laughs> Are any of your characters based on
1: someone you know in Lucky Brilliant? Um, Not really. You know, my parents divorced when I was younger, and sometimes there wasn't enough food to eat in the household, and there were struggles, but it's not really based on anyone's situation. She is a unique character in her own life.
0: How long would you say it took you to write Lucky Brilliant, and that's from the moment you conceived the idea for the story all the way to publication?
1: It took several years. I actually don't even know. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I wrote it rather quickly. I was very disciplined in writing it, and then it took a long time to revise it and to figure out what I wanted it to be and which which point of view it really should be written in. So I, I don't have a timeline for you, but it went through several revisions.
0: Share with writers a little bit about your writing process and what that's like, such as is there a place that you enjoy writing more than another place? or is there some place you like to go or a beverage that you like to have when you drink? I know a lot of writers are into coffee or tea, so.
1: So I actually went to the Mad Hatter in Durham today. It's a great place. It's right across from Duke University. So I got in a walk at Duke University and then I went right across the street and went to the Mad Hatter. And my husband's also a writer and we, we both sat there and just wrote together silently. I am a huge coffee drinker. I probably own seven coffee makers. I prefer percolated coffee. That seems to be the best tasting coffee. I like Pete's coffee specifically. I have to have cream in it and a couple of Splendas. Been trying to drink more water and bubbly water this summer to stay healthy. I recently discovered the Wegmans, which is a fantastic place to write because. You can kind of sit there all day. They have these great plugs and they have coffee. You know, if you go there for breakfast, you can eat breakfast. And then all of a sudden it's lunchtime and I bring my laptop and I bring my paper and my pens and my projects and I I can just stay there like all day pretty much. Unfortunately, that's going to come to an end now that my teaching schedule is starting again on Monday.
0: It just seems like the school year is coming up so fast again. I mean, gosh, I can't believe it's already
1: August. It is. Although I did get a lot accomplished this summer, but I used to go to coffee shops to write. I, I like indie coffee shops. Anywhere where they have a comfortable place where I can plug in my laptop. Sometimes I don't bring my laptop, and I just bring paper and pens and do it old school. I often do bring, I have a little iPod, I think they make those anymore, but I have this very small iPod and um, I can just stick it in my purse and if it's real noisy wherever I am, I can just listen to good music
0: that i so get because i still have my ipod classic it has 160 gigabytes on it it's the wheel one it's the one that spins it's lasted me for years this thing dies <laughs> i don't know where i'm gonna put my music
1: <laughs> Yeah, mine is this tiny one and i wish they hadn't stopped making it because my big fear in life is that it's gonna break and then i don't, I don't know what i'm gonna do
0: <laughs> so let's talk about writing advice what is the best piece of writing advice you have received as a writer
1: I guess I read it in a book somewhere to just show up every day. I know a lot of people have said, well, I only write when I feel the inspiration. Well, unfortunately, you're not going to get that much done, especially if you're trying to write fiction. If you show up every day and sit your bottom in a chair, you'll get so bored that eventually you'll write. And I think I think just showing up every day is the best thing you can do. I have three sons that I had in 34 months, so my time has always been limited. So find those moments to write when you can, whether you're waiting on the carpool lane or you're on a line somewhere, always have a notebook with you because ideas happen all the time. So you need to be ready to to write. So carving out time is important. A lot of people who are wannabe writers that I've met will say, well, I don't have time, you know, I have a job. I'm like, well, we all have jobs pretty much unless we're independently wealthy. I don't know many of those types of people. Doesn't seem like people have trust funds anymore. (laughs) So so I, I think you need to show up and I have a pretty busy schedule now. I teach six classes and I have a commute and, No, I just, I have to carve out time and it it might vary based on my day, but I think that's the best advice I can give is show up, do the work.
0: Is there something you feel writers can do to better their chances of having a successful
1: publication? Most young writers don't revise enough. You know, they think that, oh, okay, it's done. I looked at it. I corrected the errors. I'm done. I'm going to shoot this out. Learning how to revise your own work is really important because it can make the difference between getting it published and not getting it published. true
0: it certainly is true I agree with this 100% I can't tell you how many times I edited my book how many times I've read the book the first book
1: the second book's going through the same thing right now right and then in addition you should have somebody else put their eyes on your work not not to you know they're not writing it for you they're just saying hey have you thought about getting rid of this line or maybe you started at the wrong place because it's always good to get feedback i've been in writers groups for years and i, I think it's valuable to have that feedback just to have somebody else's eyes on work.
0: we definitely have a great writing community here so you are involved with a local writing
1: group yeah it's I, i've been in different writers groups i was in a writers group many years ago we kind of met at a little conference they had at NC State and at the time I was writing poetry and I read something and one of the people there thought, that I would be a good fiction writer too. And I had written fiction. I just kind of put it on hold. And I bumped into her at a Kmart, I believe. And she said, hey, I'm thinking of forming this writer's group. Do you want to join? And I said, "Okay." Um, So that was one we met for many years. It was really helpful. I learned a lot from them. Then I was in another group, and that one ended with some people who have gone on to publish some pretty famous books. So I found that to be really helpful. Usually, these groups have been made of females. And it's been a nice support group in other ways, too. Right now, I am not in a fiction group. We just kind of have gatherings, and we go out to dinner and just talk about what we're working on. But I do have a small poetry group that I meet with once in a while, and I have a built-in critique group. Being married to a writer who used to be a sports journalist and is a high school English teacher.
0: What is it that you hope
1: readers take
0: away from having read Lucky Brilliant?
1: I hope that people become more empathetic for, you know, teenagers don't really often understand what's going on with maybe their friends or other people that they see in school. So I hope they gain an understanding that people might be going through rough times and they should consider that and perhaps reach out to those people. Just be aware of it. What would you say are your favorite and least favorite parts
0: of the writing process?
1: favorite part of the writing process is just writing down those cool new things. Say I was looking out the window at Mad Hatter and across the street, I saw this tree and these rusted railroad tracks and all this cool stuff just started happening. So I think the, the first lines you put down, sort of the magic that happens when it just comes from the subconscious, it really is kind of magic. So I'd say coming up with the idea, starting the project, getting that first draft down the editing process is a little tougher when I had to do the search and find for many different words and lucky brilliant to see if I had overused certain words that was very tedious <laughs> Yeah, so you know, part of the editing process I've grown to like. I actually like editing poetry more than I like editing fiction, but that's just all part of the process. So, you have to take the whole the whole thing together.
0: Do you believe in writer's block? And what is something you do to keep
1: yourself motivated to write? I don't believe in writer's block. I've had times in my life when, it was, it's sort of a cocooning period, that's what I think of it as. These breaks that happen, I start realizing a pattern, because I've been writing for so long, where I'm getting ready to move on to a completely different topic. Because even when I write poetry, I write sort of in sets, because I'm thinking of, the arc of a poetry book or a topic. So I'll write a whole bunch of poems in a row, like, you know, sometimes three a day. I wrote Dancing with Dolly, which is my newest poetry book, over one summer. I decided, okay, I wanna write ecrastic poems. I'm gonna respond to art. So it's kind of a project-based book here. So I don't really believe in the writer's block. I think, at least for me, when I'm not writing as much, It's because my brain is moving towards a new topic. And yeah, and I I have a really active imagination, so I never get bored, I never run out of things to write about. But I know other people run into that.
0: Do you hide any secrets in Lucky Brilliant that only a few people would know about or find, like Easter eggs?
1: Yeah, I mean, once in a while I'll throw something in that has double meaning for me and a friend or me and my husband or something. Or I'll use a first name that means something more than, you know, it does on the surface. So, you know, once in a while I do that. If you mean gifts, I will put something in that will appear later. I'll give myself a gift as a writer where I'll put it in there and then I'll make use of it later on.
0: Because of COVID-19 in the last year, how have you changed the way
1: you promote your books and have you found a certain
0: way that works best?
1: Well, gosh, I don't know if anything works these days. I think I had eight readings set up before COVID, and as I mentioned, I had two books that came out during the pandemic, both Dancing with Dolly, the poetry book, and Lucky Billing, the young adult book. So I had to shift gears. With some of them, I was able to do Zoom workshops or Zoom readings. And even though I enjoyed it, it's just not the same thing as reading at a bookstore. You know, the marketing aspect of selling books has always been a little bit tricky, especially with poetry. I feel like we're passing around the same $15 over and over again. My friend will publish a book, I'll buy that, then they buy my book and so on. There, There unfortunately aren't that many people buying poetry books except other poets, professors. You know, the model is really changing. The bookstore, bricks and mortar type model of promoting work. I try to get savvier with social media. You know, I started an Instagram account, do Twitter. You know, I have Facebook where I mostly promote my stuff. I really don't know what the good answer is. I know people have shifted gears. I certainly did, but I don't believe it really led to a lot of book sales, unfortunately.
0: Who is or who are your biggest supporter or supporters when it comes to your writing?
1: I guess the writing community, especially the North Carolina writing community. I am a member of the North Carolina Poetry Society, a member of the North Carolina Writers Network. I like to go to conferences. So my husband is the biggest supporter of my work probably, my writer friends, the community of writers we have right here in North Carolina. I've tried to extend beyond that and I have in some ways. I wish there were more supporters of poets especially and of fiction writers. But I I would have to say the state of North Carolina and its writers have been the biggest supporters.
0: So as you mentioned, you have a poetry book that came out also during the pandemic. It's called Dancing with Dolly. Can you tell listeners a little bit about that poetry book?
1: I wrote these a couple summers ago. It was published by Future Cycle Press. And these are frastic poems where I was responding to art. Art by Davide Dolly, Magritte, and so on. And I've always been an admirer of art. I have an older brother who went to Rhode Island School of Design and studied painting. My grandfather was friends with a lot of artists. Some of them went on to become famous. So our family had some art that was then donated to museums. And I met many of these artists when I was a kid, and I've just always been surrounded by I've always gone to art museums and so on. So I think that is why I I wanted to write this collection.
0: Okay, so here's the next question for all the listeners out there that have read Lucky Brilliant and that love Lucky Brilliant. Are you working on
1: another book? And if so, what can you share with us? Well, I did complete a commercial women's fiction book called The Council, and it is complete and I'm trying to get an agent for that and it's a very challenging thing to do. I've dealt mainly with small which is fine but for this commercial women's fiction book I really need to have an agent and try to find a bigger press so it is complete and about four women well three women who are friends they have a gay friend as well and so three of them form a group called the council to advise their friend who was recently divorced in how to navigate the world of online dating I loved writing it In addition to that, I did start another young adult book. I put that on hold because I had a bunch of short stories I was writing and new poetry. So it's still there waiting for me and I'll get back to it, but not right now.
0: What would be your advice to individuals who are looking to publish this year? Is there something that they can do to better their craft?
1: Don't send out early drafts. Participate in a writer's group. Make sure that you pick people who are respectful of where you are and who are at the same level that you are at, take classes in writing. There are lots of great creative writing classes offered at conferences and through individuals. Learn your craft and read a lot. I meet a lot of new writers who don't, you know, they want to be poets, they don't read poetry. That's how I learned how to do line breaks. That's how I learned how to write poetry by reading the masters. Same goes for short story writing read short stories by the masters. And I think that's how you want to do it. So
0: how can listeners follow you on social media? And where are your books available?
1: Quail Ridge Books in Raleigh has my poetry books. I'm actually going to be giving a reading in September. I'm in a book about it's the 20th anniversary of 9/11, and it's edited by David Patourdy and Joseph Bethanti, one of our previous poets laureate. So Quail Ridge Books has my poetry books, and I will be reading there in September. If you go to that, you you know you can buy my other books there too. There's a great bookstore in Charlotte, Park Road. And they have both my new book Dancing with Dolly and the young adult book Lucky Brilliant. And they're wonderful there as well. So those are the two local indie bookstores. I believe that the City Lights bookstore in Silva also has my young adult book. You can also order any of my books online at Amazon or through the individual presses. I'm published by many different presses. So if you go to my website, www.moreansherbondi.com, Trevani is S-H-E-R-B-O-N-D-Y you can go to links for all of my books you can contact me and everything you need is right there
0: Maureen thank you so much again for being part of season three of the Writing Well Blogging Podcast and for being our Writer of the Week this week
1: thanks for interviewing me Stacy and good luck to you with your books as well
0: you can still catch Maureen Sherbundy's article on our blog and grab all of her links from there as well, or you can follow her on Twitter at msherbundy or on Instagram at sherbundy.maureen. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram for our next Writer of the Week announcement on Saturday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can look us up at The Writing Wall on Twitter or at WritingsOnTheWall85 for Instagram. Because we all have a story, the Writing Wall Blog and Podcast wants to hear yours. What is your story? A writing community friends if you live in the vicinity of western north carolina and are anywhere nearby allegheny county do check out the mountain heritage festival on saturday september the 11th the festival takes place along main street and features food arts crafts and a whole lot more so come on out for a family-friendly good time and enjoy having a look at where dividing ridge was set Anytime I purchase a book, I always review, and if I really enjoy reading your work, rest assured, it may be shared here on this podcast with my listeners and followers. Of course, I will do so with permission from the author or authors first. Please like, follow, and share this information with other writers, and if you ever need a writer's lift, visit me on social media. Thank you all again for being here for this podcast. I look forward to hearing from you and learning more about the stories you weave.